VIP Access with Aniko on Africa Loud. Hello and welcome to yet another dope edition of VIP Access. Today we're coming to you from the brand new Wakanda Club in Westland. So you need to find out where Wakanda is located. And I'm speaking to Fully Focus. Many of you know him as DJ Fully Focus, but actually you'll get to know that he's an all-rounded entertainer and businessman who's actually traversing the globe and working in the music industry. Hello, Fully Focus. How are you doing, Aniko? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. You look lovely. Thank you. You look good too. It's actually so good that you're in Kenya for some time because I know you live in America and I'm not sure where you live because every time you're kind of on tour and um, traveling. So tell me about your time in Kenya. You've been here since when? What have you been up to? So I'm based in Atlanta. Uh, though, like you said, I tour a lot. And like this past summer, well, let me say last year's summer, I also spent majority of my time in Las Vegas where um, I had a residency there. Uh, but yeah, I came uh, this, uh, I think it was back in November when I came because one of my events that I do out there in the States called Passport Experience, uh, we're working on doing it here in, uh, in Nairobi. So for those who don't know about the Passport Experience, it's actually quite an experience. It's a big festival that was founded by uh, Fully Focus here and his partners, Akon and uh, Chaka Zulu. I hope I've said that well. Chaka, not Chaka. So, Chaka, Chaka Zulu, potato, potato. So, you know, tell us about bringing the passport experience to Kenya because there's already an activation that happened. So, the idea of passport experience when I started it three years ago was really about bridging different cultures through music. Um, I used to go to a lot of different festivals and I would find it was either an EDM festival, a reggae festival, a hip hop. And I was like, look, I, li- I like a little bit of everything. So, why not put all genres and cultures together on one stage in a especially represent Africa. So I did it, it became you know, good, successful. Then by the following year, um, a friend of mine, Akon, happened, you know, we became, he became a, a business partner in it, as well as Shaka Zulu. Shaka Zulu basically is the man behind everything rapper and actor uh, Ludacris has done, you know, from the movies to the music and everything. So we did it and then we moved it around in different markets. We did New York, uh, Los Angeles, uh, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Um, and then I did it recently in uh, Las Vegas. And now I've been wanting, obviously, to bring it home because, you know, this is where I'm from. And so what we did is we did a small little activation of it. I did a small little activation of it where I did a hangar party at Wilson Airport. You know, because when you think passport, you think airport. Yeah. So I actually did it in an airport hangar, which is, you know, pretty interesting uh, and everything. And that was just the beginning. So now we'll do um, a couple more things now going into this year. I remember the first time we kind of communicated was when you booked Saudi so for their first gig in America and they were coming to play at the sevens and it was actually I think like a Valentine's thing yeah. and um, that's when I started checking you out and wondering like this is more than just a DJ because from the very beginning I thought you just DJ you know but I guess you also kind of do bookings and promotions so tell me about that yeah. with Saudi Soul it wasn't just a, a Vegas thing I actually also did their first US tour their whole tour and I've worked with a lot of artists over the years and bringing them over there like, I actually even WizKid, his first gig in the U.S., I'm known who did it, even putting him on mainstream radio, and a lot of a lot of African artists um, over the years. So it's one thing I've always done, of course, even especially Kenyan artists over the years, it just kind of helped progress. And what it is, is um, I just built a lot of relationships over time and experience, understanding what it takes to be able to book a talent, secure talent, and deliver. So over time, people would ask me, hey, can I get this artist? Can I get that artist? And so because I had the relationships and the expertise, I would 
would help people uh, book artists um, through my booking agency, Fully Focused Agency. Um, and actually even here locally too, I was able to bring some artists, whether it's uh, Blackstreet and SWV, um, even Whiskey himself and a few other artists here and there. So yeah, it's been, it just kind of happened naturally, obviously because of being in the scene and building relationships over years. VIP Access. VIP Access. You're also very close to Major Lazer and you've worked with them on a couple of uh, projects, especially when it comes to highlighting dope African songs and doing um, remixes of African songs. And this is something you've been passionate about and you do it yourself also. Last year, um, I remember he did a, a huge remix of uh, the Lambalolo uh, song and that was even before it had really blown up in Kenya. So how do you know this is a song that I should pick up and do a remix of because you did that before it had completely blown up and um, how did the relationship with Major Lazer begin? The relationship with Major Lazer actually started back in 2010. That's when I met uh, Walshy, Walshy Fire. Big up to Walsh. And uh, um, I started booking him for my events. Um, and by the time he was joining Major Lazer, that relationship continued. So then in 2013, um, I was managing Tamaya and I took him to Trinidad to perform for this guy called Marshall Montano who's like a big soca artist uh, I had just put Tamaya together with Sean Paul for the Bam Bam remix and then Marshall wanted to jump on it so next thing you know we take we're going to Trinidad and, and in Trinidad there was this big event that this guy Marshall was doing and it was featuring uh, Major Lazer Boys to Men Tamaya it was a whole bunch of people so that's when I met Diplo through now when I was already in Trinidad Walsh introduced me to Diplo in 2013 and we just built a relationship and started working so so a year later is when we put together um, the uh, Africa is the Future mixtape. I pretty much mixed, you know, and produced the whole thing. And then obviously we co-branded it and everything. And then a few years later, we did the Africa Now mixtape, which were really the first um, Afrobeat mixtapes on a on a U.S. platform, like a, a mainstream uh, platform. So that was really good. It, it opened a lot of people's um, eyes and ears to what was going on with the new sound of Africa. Um, in terms of music and uh, uh, remixes and everything. One thing I've always felt is that I don't think you need to convince people a song is a hit. They feel it, you know, because the, all you know, hit songs have the same elements. Usually, it's about the beat, the melody, and so and and whatever they're talking about is that. And that's what I constantly look for. And when I see something, I feel so it it, it has that vibe. Then yes, I'll get behind it and do what I can to help push it. So I've never been like oh waiting for something to get hot. Just like the relationships, whether it's like I said, with the Walsh, your Wiz, all these people, I look at um, potential and then invest in it, um, whether it's people or projects. Uh, funny enough, even with Akon, going back a little bit, um, my relationship with him started when I first started doing music in 2003. I When I was on college radio, I did it myself. Uh, so I, I interviewed him on this college radio show while his single Locked Up had just started. And that's how kind of the relationship built and everything. So um, I don't know. It's just one of those things I've always, and, and I think that's how you know it should be, that you look at the potential of people, not when they've arrived, not when something is hot. That's when you're jumping. It's too late then. So you look at something and you trust your instinct in believing that this could be something great because it gives you that feeling 
you know, and you know, from then on, you add your flavor to it. VIP access, VIP access on Africa Loud. Thank you so much, and congratulations. So I've never really been to America yet, uh, but I hear a lot of stories that um, it's tough, and you know, it's it's a, it's a jungle out there, and there's a whole lot of uh, professionals. It's not like other markets where you find maybe there's a scarcity of professionals in the certain industry. So I'm wondering, how does a Kenyan, how does an African, you know, build such a brand and you know be consistent for more than 15 years in the game and become one of the most respected DJs and entertainers in a very much non-African market. So how, how do you manage that? It's kind of a lot. I think it was early on when I realized, when I first started uh, doing my thing, that I realized quickly that um, it really doesn't matter where you come from as long as you represent excellence. If, you, if you're the best, if you just decide, I'm just going to be the best at what I do, people notice. Okay. You know, people notice. When you just handle your business and do things above and beyond. I never, I, I couldn't lock myself down in thinking, oh, this is good for Kenya. No, I wanted to be global. I wanted to be big in the world. So I wanted to make sure, okay, if I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do, I have to maintain those international standards. So whether it's your American, European, Latin, Caribbean friend can come to my event or listen to you know my work and be just as impressed. Okay. So it was really more of a decision to commitment to excellence and not taking any shortcuts and playing by that. And over time, some people thought, oh, you, you know, you're arrogant because you think, you know, so high. But you know the truth is you do have to be full of yourself to play on that level because you have to believe in yourself so much beyond your current circumstances, believing that I'm gonna get here. I know I don't look like it right now, yeah. but I'm gonna get here. So don't listen too much to you know anyone telling you, oh no, just bring it down. So it was really more of a, a decision to uh, stick to excellence, and then as a result, anything I was going to do, I was a part of, naturally was attached to the uh, brand of excellence, and it just opens certain doors left right and center and since you came um to kenya you've you know many professionals who are not based in kenya and who are kenyans or who are africans when they come to uh, back to africa over the holidays you know they just take a holiday and they're sleeping and they're like now i'm in the motherland but since you came like you've been hustling i think that it's important for anyone who's working on their career trying to get to the next level like it's far from arriving like there's no arriving so you have to keep working yeah. um, and you have to keep grinding grinding I, I really cannot tell you the last time I had a vacation uh, and, and again the beauty about when you're doing what you love you don't feel like it's work you know you get to enjoy it mm -hmm. and it's a blessing to be able to play music to entertain people um, so you know I love it I love, and I love traveling like you said whether it's Rwanda Ghana I just played in Ghana as well as Mombasa so it's one of those things where um, I'd rather be playing music for people than being asleep, you know, and, uh, uh, on on any given night. Um, but like I said, it's also understanding that this thing is this thing is nonstop. This thing is is endless. I'll tell you this, and spending time with. with some of the biggest entertainers in the world, whether it's Diplo or Akon and everything, when when I've spent enough time hanging uh, hanging around them, these people are working nonstop. They, now here's the thing, and and what clicked in my head is these people are already established. They've already cemented their place in entertainment, in history, and everything. They don't need to keep doing this. Why are they doing it? And once I started getting curious, I was like, wait, we we really relax a lot. You know, uh, we really just take things a little too easy and understand that if you want to play on that level then you have to grind like that you know you have to do that and everything so VIP access, VIP access. with Nico and Africa.
Africa Loud. This actually brings me uh, back to the current hot topic in Kenya, which is play Kenyan music. You know, what is your opinion on this? Well, I think that, um, you know, in, in, in every situation that there's no point of everything that ha- that needs to be invented has already been done. There's no point of trying to reinvent the wheel. What we should be doing is looking and learning and applying, you know, looking at what's working and applying. Um and when it comes of music, I think that uh, that if you look at the the scenes that are winning, uh, whether it's Nigeria scene or the South African scene or the bongo scene, the music is what leads. Now I get it that there's this conversation about oh this is not getting played enough, but I feel like it's also a cop out. Yes, I know catch hell for this. I feel it's a cop out for lack of quality of music. You understand? Because I believe that when, like I said before, you don't need to convince people uh, to play or listen to quality music. They'll find it. They'll share it. And the best examples I could give you of that, uh, you uh, you know it already. Saudi Soul beginning, right? Right? It's not like they had a big media company or big budget yeah. pushing them behind. No, they were just making dope records and yeah. people were uh, dope records people could relate to and share. Now, let's bring it very recently. Like you said, Lamba Lolo, right? Epic. Or this song that just came out like... Taka Taka. Taka. Do you understand what I'm saying? No big budget, no big thing around it. You understand? But it catches the three elements of quality music. Production. It always starts with production. Mm-hmm. The beat, you understand? Yes. And then the melody. Mm-hmm. And then what are you talking about mm-hmm. that people can relate to? Yeah. You know, I think once you do that, and that's why, uh, see, I, I find it hard to believe that the Kenyan media is, when they're looking for music to play, that they listen to, okay, they listen to good music from Nigeria and they play it from uh, uh, Tanzania, they play it hear good music from Kenya and say, mm, we're not going to play. That doesn't make sense for them to intentionally refuse to play music that they find is dope. You understand? I think that there still has to be a level of quality to, to do that. And I get it. Different markets do have regulations of this percentage needs to be played um, um, and everything. However, you know, it's it's music is like food. If I'm telling you, don't eat this, I got to give you something else. To I have to give you something as good or better to replace what you're eating. Yeah. So you can't tell people, stop listening to this. Uh, and what you're giving them does not match the same quality as what you're taking away from them, you know? VIP access, VIP access on Africa Loud. I mean, I also find it hard to believe that a Kenyan media person would listen to a song, a Kenyan song, and it's a dope record and be like, I'm not going to play this. But I think um, the problem is Kenyans need to change their approach towards our stuff and our culture and our music because I think a lot of Kenyan artists are also not as pushy as artists from other regions. You see a host of Niger peeps coming here to you know, do media tours and stuff. How many Kenyans are actually going to Nigeria to do the same? You know, So for some reason, the outsiders have found a way of plugging their music in, the, in our region, but we're not finding ways of plugging our music in the region. So at the very same time, the media people have to be prodded. You know, you can't just sit and expect someone to pick your song. Maybe they haven't even heard your song. Exactly. And that's another thing about it is also about where can where people finding this music. You see, because like, for instance, myself, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I have a weekly show on Diplo's channel on Sirius XM, which is one of the biggest uh, radio stations in the world out there in the U.S. My 
my job on a weekly basis is to look for music to play. Like, that's my job. And so what I'm looking for, whether it's Afrobeat, whether it's dancehall, soca, reggaeton, or hip-hop, I just records that I'll enjoy. Doesn't mean everything I come across I'll play. I give a, I, let me give you a good, a good example. Um, DJ Khaled came up with this song, Top Off, featuring Beyonce, Jay-Z, and Future. And they did a big promo for it, but it didn't really pick. It didn't become a big song because people were not feeling it. Yeah. So it's not about, oh, play. And again, he had the budget. He had the, the big labels behind it. He had the media relationships, but it didn't go anywhere, no matter how much it's pushed, which means it always goes back to the music the music will sell itself people feel it they'll be able to push it so that's the first part like you said the second part is really availability when I'm looking for music I know when I'm looking for uh, West African music I'll go to notjustok.com when I'm looking for bongo I'll go to you know this website but you know there's a notjustok.com um, East Africa now so you can find uh, yes, East African yeah. and, I've been, and, I've, and I've been seeing that and everything um, however how many artists from Kenya you know push up uh, putting their music there or at least uh, and, and again it's not just music because even the content that's over there yeah. it's already filtered this yeah. is the quality content yeah. it doesn't mean that all music no. that comes out no. goes out yeah. you understand what I'm saying so no matter what we you the one thing that we cannot bypass is the first step mm. make the dope records then the other part will take care of itself and again if anybody has a debate about it Takataka and Lambalolo those kids out of nowhere did not have big budgets or big people behind them yeah. yet look at what it's you know what they've done because people you know gravitate towards this so also I think there's a challenge of uh, artists not understanding how to uh, position their music this this is VIP access VIP access